This is Radio Influence. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. My name is Seth, Jim's sidekick and producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast. Not an episode that, uh, spoiler alert, can really make a difference to your bottom line this quarter. But Jim, what's on your mind? Well, this is a, a special week for me. It brings back memories. Okay. So what uh, kind of memories are, are coming de- up here? Decades ago, uh, first of all, this is the week before Wimbledon. So as most listeners know, I played pro tennis. I coached uh, at the highest level on the pro tennis tour. This week, I was always in London. Uh, the Queen's Club uh, finished up uh, the tournament before Wimbledon, uh, the tune-up tournament. And then there's the week before Wimbledon, and players from around the world that are in Wimbledon are doing that last-minute tune-up. Uh, so this brings up a, a crazy time. I'm coaching one of the top players in the world. Uh, the player that I coached was in the top 10, definitely formidable competitor, looking forward to playing, uh, Wimbledon. However, uh, we had, uh, the, uh, task of winning his first tennis match ever on grass courts. This, this was a clay court specialist, won the French Open, won the Italian Open, won many, many tournaments on slow red clay, and now we're coming to the fast grass courts of Wimbledon, England. Uh, he'd never won a match. As a junior, he'd never won a match. As a professional, never won a, a match. Loses in the first round of Queen's Club. I'm there to help him. Uh, win at least one match on on grass. <laughs> yeah, and I remember at, at Queens Club, I'm watching him lose, and he turns to me and goes, "I hate grass. It's for cows." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know that commercial. Want to get away? You yeah. know, I was like, "What am I doing with this guy?" So it was my task to convince him that he could take his game and we could win on grass courts. Different game, uh, strategically, tactically, as opposed to clay court. So now we have one week, seven days, to get ready for the start of Wimbledon. Here's what happens. He comes, comes down to my hotel room and he goes, Jimmy, I, I, I want to go back to Italy. I go, have you lost your mind? We have one week. You've never won a match on grass. We're winning 
a match on grass, and we're here to win Wimbledon. And I look into his eyes, and I realize nobody's home. I don't know where he is. He goes, Jimmy, please, I just want to go back to Italy. I want to see my son, and I, I want to go back home just a day, two at the most. I'll come back. We'll focus. We'll get in the zone, and, and I'll win my first grass court match. But I need to get away. I'm, I'm mentally fried. So I relented and said, okay, I understand. So he leaves. Lo and behold, in two days, he's not back. There's a Heathrow airport strike. No one can come in and out of the country. No one. <laughs> I mean, the airport's blocked. You can't. It's shut down the entire country. Can't come in, can't come out. People looking to get to Wimbledon. Everybody's freaking out. And I'm freaking out. Where's my client? And we talk by phone. I'm trying. You know, I can't get in. So day two of practice, three of practice, gone. Day four, gone. Day five, gone. Wimbledon is now starting in a few days. My client's not here. And I'm thinking, you know, I need to write a book, How Not to Win Wimbledon. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to write this book. So he finally gets back with one day left to practice, which is nothing. What are we going to do in one day to get ready for the biggest tournament by far of the year, Wimbledon? How are we going to get ready? Well, we actually just covered this on the last episode. You, you talk about you scale back to maybe an hour on the last day and day of. You're focused. You're not. You're not over coaching. Oh yeah. So you- yeah. Well, typically we'd practice 45 minutes and uh, talk about some strengths, and we'd be ready to go full bore. You know. So that we're going to practice on that last day, and it is pouring rain, a torrential downpour in London. There are no outdoor grass courts playable. We are not going to be able to play. So we're going to have to play on the very fast hardwood indoor courts which is not really a great tune-up if you're playing on grass. And just by magic, the number one player in the world's coach and manager calls up my hotel room and said, hey, hey, do you guys want to go practice? I have the keys to an indoor grass court. It's about an hour and 45 minutes. Can you rent a car, travel out, and meet us? We'll practice indoor grass, a real grass court indoors. I've never seen that before. Didn't know that existed. An actual outdoor court played indoors. I rent a car. It's pouring rain. And I'm driving on the wrong side of the road. And I remember going on a roundabout. And I got stuck on a roundabout trying to get out. (laughs) And I started crazy laughing. I think I'd snap. I'd been there an entire week alone. I'd put all my happy eggs in my tennis coaching career now into one guy. Typically, I had eight guys, six people, a couple of gals I'm coaching. I've now got one guy that I'm coaching all in, and he's not even here. The coach with no one to coach for the whole week. Yeah, with no one to coach. So I start laughing, going, this is just great. I'm being sarcastic, and I'm cracking up laughing. I turn to him, and I go, what is wrong with you? How did I get a guy? like you. And he starts laughing and I'm laughing and it was comical. I finally get off the roundabout and we get to practice and we're laughing 
And I'm thinking, my guy has not hit one tennis ball in a week, much less on grass. So now we're playing the number one player in the world in practice the day before uh, Wimbledon. And my guy hits a winner down the line and looks over at me, and we started laughing. He then hits an ace. He looks over, and we cracked up. Now, this was probably ticking off the number one player in the world. <laughs> and we, we played two sets and beat the guy. We beat the number one player in the world on grass in practice, albeit in practice, and we laughed the entire time. And so now we're done getting ready for Wimbledon. We played two times, two, two hours, two sets the week before Wimbledon on grass. He's never won a match ever all the way back to when he was a junior, 14, 15, 16 years old, never won on grass. And the next day in the first round of Wimbledon, he said, you want to warm up this morning? I go, why? <laughs> we started laughing. I go, let's don't warm up. It's unheard of. Let's don't go hit a ball. And we don't. And we started laughing. We go to the first round match laughing. He goes out and plays and he laughed the entire time. And we win the first match ever in his life on grass. We win the first round, don't practice, and we laugh the entire time. It was hysterical. Well, and this setting is such an interesting place to be laughing because, you know, I, I played basketball and I was a swimmer growing up. You can't really hear anything in, in those two sports. Basketball is kind of loud. Swimming is your head underwater. Tennis is, you know, kind of a, the culture is kind of quiet in the stands until something big happens. So if you're laughing, I mean, the, the fans know you're laughing. The other players know you're oh, laughing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like they're not taking this serious. Anyway, we win the first round laughing. Uh, the next day, we're, we have a day off, and I go, let's don't practice. And we laughed about it and didn't practice. Who does that? No one. No one. And so the next day, we play, uh, uh, finally, two days later, we play our second round match, and we laugh. He laughed. The whole way through the match, we win two matches in a row. We win three matches in a row. And we get through the first week of Wimbledon, no practice, only laughing, not taking anything serious. And we wind up in the quarterfinals of Wimbledon, and we laugh the entire way there. And people are interviewing me. What are y'all working on? You know, Panada, Panada, Adriana Panada was the player. He's never won on grass, and now he finds himself in the quarterfinals. And I don't even know what to tell them. I want to tell them, <laughs> oh, yeah, we got the secret formula. You know, we're, we're out working on all these things. And I, I just didn't have the courage to say, we've done nothing. We've just laughed. We haven't even practiced in the last two weeks. Well, and if you had, I'm guessing the sports reporters would have called back to the editor and been like, yeah, we don't have a story. This guy's crazy. He says they're not doing anything. We can't write that. So in the quarterfinals, all of a sudden, here come sponsor offers. Hey, 50 grand to wear this patch on your sleeve. Uh, here, wear this hat. We'll give you 20 grand. It, it was insanity. I'd never seen that before. And so now we're playing in a quarterfinal match, and uh, the player that I'm coaching came to me and he goes, don't you think it's the quarters we should practice? And I relented. We went out and practiced, and we lost in the quarterfinals. So, so what's well, in five sets, barely lost. I thought we could have won Wimbledon. So what's the moral of this story? Uh, this time of year for me, 
sometimes you got to laugh at the daunting challenges that you're going to have in your life. Um, and you've got to get into the moment of what you're doing. That doesn't mean you don't prepare, uh, but so many times our best efforts are left on the practice courts or the practice fields, and we overthink, we overdo. The missing thing for this particular athlete at Wimbledon, he just didn't enjoy this challenge of going from a clay court player to being a grass court player. It's a total different mentality. It really is. Uh, the courts are quicker. They're faster. Uh, if they get a little bit wet, uh, they can be slick. It favors a big server. Uh, but also, uh, toward the second week of the tournament, the courts can be all chewed up. And, and so it, there, there's some bad bounces. It's just part of the deal. You know, the, the grass is not uniform. It's usually chewed up around the baseline. So it's a totally different mentality. Also, the points are quicker. So you don't have to have that patience that's totally required on a clay court. So this player made a transition from uh, a surface where he was very comfortable, got out of his comfort zone. But by being out of his comfort zone, we looked adversity in the eye and we laughed like hyenas. We laughed at the situation and uh, got into the moment, got into the zone, and uh, reached uh, the quarterfinals and nearly pulled that off. We'd have been in the semis, and who knows what would have happened. Sometimes, Seth, you got to laugh. You got to <laughs> laugh. And that's uh, so this week uh, conjures up those memories. How Not to Win Wimbledon was my book <laughs> that I was going to write. And of, of course, you know, last week we had a lot of fun. Uh, with the coaching show. And if, if you thought this week, it's like, oh, you're doing something on third quarter planning. That sounds very serious. Yes. No, this is actually going to be a lot of fun. This episode is going to be a lot of fun and it can really make a big difference to you. And you got to enjoy the whole process going through every challenge that you come up against. Uh, that's a big part of the score system, right? Is Yeah, you know, most of us, because of the seriousness of a career, a job, uh, you're a sales manager, uh, you're a small business owner, uh, you run a department, you run a division of a company, uh, you're a salesperson, you have quotas. Self-discipline is mandatory. Most everyone says, yeah, you need self-discipline. Concentration, yes, that's a big deal. You need to be able to focus. Confidence, optimism, well, that's a given. You got to be confident to be able to lead a team, um, especially lead a team out of its comfort zone, competing with the best in the world. Um, but we tend to miss the relaxation and the enjoyment. So let's talk about having the greatest quarter, the greatest third quarter of your life. We've gone through January, February, March, Q1, quarter number one, April, May, June. We're at the conclusion now of the second quarter. Let's get ready for the greatest third quarter of your life. and. In uh, score success system fashion, uh, let's break it down. Let's break it down into some bite sizes. Uh, so here's some facts. There's 31 days in July. There's 31 days in August. And there's 30 days in September. 92 days in Q3. 
Well, you're not going to get all those 93 days, uh, 92 days for your business. You're going to have 67 days of real work days. And that's not factoring in uh, uh, Labor Day or July 4th. So you, you definitely have 65 of those days. You got 13 weekends. So right now we know that if you take the Saturday and Sunday off, and there's some other factors that are, are in this Q3, uh, your kids, if you have kids, they're out of school. Maybe you have them in summer camp. Maybe you don't. Their routines of 8.30 to 3.30 or whatever it is for school, that's out the window. Now, mom and dad, you're, you're in charge of that schedule. It's not a teacher uh, or the principal that's setting the schedule uh, for those five school days. No, you're, you're on your own. Uh, you're also going to have some vacations, maybe a week. Some of us, maybe two weeks. In Q3, we also have July 4th week. That's right in the middle of the week. And then we have the long Labor Day weekend with uh, Labor Day being on a Monday. So let's boil this down. Uh, if you take a one-week vacation, 32% of the days in the Q3 are the weekends and the holidays. 32% is relaxation and enjoyment. Can you literally turn your brain off? And as Abraham Lincoln has so eloquently said uh, over 100 years ago, if I had four hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend two hours sharpening my axe. And you spend 32% of your time, if, a, if you have a one-week vacation with your family, sharpening your axe. What if you have two weeks vacation? Well, that's 40% of your waking hours in Q3 to turn your brain off, full engagement with your family, friends, and sharpen your axe. So in Q3, two weeks, realistically, Seth, you've got about 57 days, uh, throw in a couple more days where uh, your business may have a conference all day. Uh, you may need to take the day off for whatever you need to. Uh, you're probably, instead of 92 days, you're going to have 50 days, 52 days, 55 days to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Now, let's talk about the score system. The score system's not all work, that's for sure. It's not all play. It's a combination of work and play. It's being the most simple, most balanced mindset possible, and you want the results uh, that will provide that. So what does that mean? That means we need to decide right now. You need to decide. Everybody listening, you need to decide right now, what will I accomplish by September 30th, 2018. It's now September 30th, 2018. It's at the end of the day. We're starting Q4 tomorrow. So what have I done? What have I accomplished in my business? What have I accomplished big changes in my life? And pick something on a macro basis. I would have no more, Seth, than five things I want to accomplish. The people that I've helped the most had the least things on their plate to accomplish, not the most. One thing, two things. Coaching a best-selling novelist, 
in 92 days from now, with me taking time off, I will have written 20 chapters. I will have finished the first half of my book. I will have finished the entire book and had that manuscript ready to send to my publisher. Uh, I just coached a company a few days ago. We had an annual goal. When this quarter is over, Q3, the company I'm talking about, we've already reached and crushed our annual goal with one entire quarter to go. So now we know we can do this because we're tracking it. Q1, Q2, off the charts. Amazing. Q3, lots in the pipeline. We, we know what we can do. And he's boiled 92 days down into the productive days. But those are the days we need to be in the zone. We need to be really locked in. Now, let's talk about a couple of score breakers uh, that's going to happen. I don't know if you know this, Seth, but uh, July 1 is Canada Day. So I don't know. If you're Canadian, you may not be working a lot uh, on, uh, on July 1. Uh, of course, we got Independence Day on July 4th. Uh, it is National Bikini Day on the 5th. I don't know <laughs> who came up with that. That's actually uh, one of the bizarre and unique holidays of the month of, of July. Uh, there's some crazy days. Uh, July 7th is National Chocolate Day. So some of these days are obviously created by, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know who they're created by, uh, be a dork days on the 15th. But the bottom line is, now that we have three to five things we want to accomplish in Q3, what one or two things do you want to accomplish in July? What do you want to accomplish? You know, June 30th is a big day for a Zoniac that uses the score system because we're not only going to prepare the greatest quarter we've ever had, but we're also going to prepare the greatest July we've ever had. And then we also need to prepare for the week. Every Sunday night, every Zoniac, every client that I have, we all get together independent with each other but we're all doing basically the same thing. We're visualizing the greatest week that we've ever had in our lives. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, know that every Sunday night I tweet out about reminding you, a Zoniac, how to have the greatest week ever. And uh, I'll be doing the same thing on June 30th, tweeting out to all of my followers, let's have the greatest July ever. So right now, what do you want? What's going to move the needle? What do you want for Q3? What no more than five things will be accomplished? And then you need to shut your eyes, unhinge your jaw, relax, and see it in completed, finished state. And this quarter, once you reach all the goals for the quarter, that's going to fit very snug with the other three quarters that's going to make up the greatest year of your life. Now, we talked about having the greatest year of your life last December. We talked about it. 2018, the greatest year of your life, a year of transformation, a year of positive change. Some of us need to get out of our comfort zone. We do. What do you need to do in July 
August and September that will take you out of your comfort zone. Because right now, if you don't like how your life's going and you're kind of settling and you're kind of comfortable, yeah, everything's all right. It's not bad. Okay. How do you do great things? How do great things happen in, in America? Somebody gets out of their comfort zone, puts on a different pair of glasses, and goes for it, whatever that might be. So maybe there's some big changes you need in your life. Maybe you don't like living where you're living. Okay, get out of your comfort zone. Move. Move to a different geographic location. Move to a bigger house. Downsize. Quit talking about it. You've been talking about it for three months. Do it. Get a plan. Make up your mind. This is what's going to happen. Be congruent with your significant other. And now once you have shared vision, divide up what needs to be done to make it so. This is how a zoniac gets in a zone and has the greatest life possible with simplicity, with balance, abundance, but with also a lot of fun. Life should be fun. And our society right now, oh my goodness, I've never seen Seth, I've never seen more negatives. I feel like I'm running a gauntlet of negative news every single day, just pelted, bombarded. And I'm laughing about it because I'm not succumbing to it. It's not going to happen. How's your day? It's awesome. That's the response. But it's easier to say that when you have a plan, when you have a blueprint. You know, I wish I would have met you when I was 19 in a lot of ways because I think that a lot of people listening right now need to break some bad habits probably. And a lot of times you get trained by well-intentioned but not effective managers at various jobs if we're talking about the work arena, right? I remember uh, it being a, a big key time. Uh, I, you know, I was 19, kind of a part-time sales position while I was in college. And I wound up making uh, pretty good money at, right? But I remember the manager uh, just saying, okay, it's summer. This is the time. And basically saying the word try over and over again, you know, you got, you know, forget everything else. You just better for the next two, three months, you better be doing nothing but this job. And, you know, now that we've met, man, that is not the way to get the best out of your staff. It's not the way to get the best out of yourself. Well, that's how you have burnout. I mean, how many listening right now are burnt out mentally? I mean, just how are you doing? You know, I'm fried. I'm burnt out. Um, I'm tired. It's easy to get on that proverbial rat race, that, that treadmill of work hard oh, and then relax and unplug and then work hard and then unplug. Uh, and you don't really see the results. You can wake up five years from now, you're making the same money. And when you factor in inflation, less buying power, um, you're in the same place, you're in the same house, you're in the same rut, doing the same things. And maybe that's a good thing for you. And if it is, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. There's, there's only one rule in life in terms of success. There are no rules. But if you would like more out of your life, more simplicity, more positivity, more relaxation, more laughter and enjoyment, uh, well, then the SCORE system, which this show's built on that foundation, it's it's for you. Put in your happy eggs, your relaxation enjoyment, 
put them in first in Q3. I'm taking a vacation, and when I take it, I'm not going to shave. I'm going to be a bum. I'm going to turn my brain off. And, And it's based on one fact, Seth. Your subconscious mind, which really controls whether you're going to be successful or you're not, it can be programmed. And your subconscious mind, it never shuts down. It's open 24 hours. Otherwise, you'd stop breathing because it controls your breathing, controls your blood pressure, controls your heart rate. Put relaxation enjoyment in first. Uh, make sure that you have scheduled endorphin drips into the bloodstream. Uh, dopamine drips of laughter, being with family and friends. Schedule relaxation time. How many of us have been saying the same thing for years? You know, I'm getting in shape this summer. You know, I'm going to play tennis this summer. I'm going to join a tennis league. I'm playing more golf this year. I'm going to play 100 holes every week. Okay? Put it in writing. Commit to it and do it. And know that if you have business goals, career goals, and they're broken into smaller parts, if you think about what you want over and over again in a positive way, that'll program your subconscious to make it happen. Now, when you take a vacation, behind the scenes, that program is still playing. It's going to attract opportunities. It's going to create synchronicity, coincidence in your favor. It's time, Seth, that we have the greatest Q3 ever. And, you know, we've got some goals on our own show, you and I. We're, we don't need to share them, but we know what we'd like to accomplish. We know how many listeners we'd like to have in 92 days from now. And um, it's a matter of seeing it as if it's so as it will be. And I'm, I'm going to ask another pro, uh, question about kind of reprogramming here, right? Because I, I think that all of us have been in a job at one point in our lives where you could be in sales, you could be, you know, in management, you could be a teacher and somebody kind of has like a rah-rah day to kick off, uh, kick off the quarter, kick off the year, right? Like, Hey, this is going to be the best year ever. And I'm guessing that lasts about a day and a half before the emotion actually goes away. And it's because there really was no broken down plan on how to get there. It was a big, you know, kind of like show of emotion and we all felt it. And emotions can go away very, very quickly as to where if you're looking down at that plan every day, it's going to pull you back to where you need to be. So let's, uh, and I uh, 100% uh, agree. That's the antithesis of the score success system. So let's get real with this. Let's break it down. Our goal for Q3 is to have 12 weekends off. What are we doing? Uh, Whatever you want to do. No rules. Sit in a hammock. If you want to drink you know. beer all day, don't shave, <laughs> whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you have two weeks off, you're going to spend 40% of the quarter in relaxation and enjoyment. So boiling down how many productive days where we can have business interactions, business meetings, concrete time to uh, bring in new prospects or uh, close new uh, and open up relationships, not just close, but open new uh, business relationships. 
you're going to have somewhere between 50 and 60 days to reach your quota, whatever you want, and blow through it, reach your goal for Q3. So I guess right now, what do you want? It's a challenge. You've got 92 days, literally, to have your greatest Q3 ever, not only relaxing and enjoyment, but also to take you out of your comfort zone. Choose something, one thing at least, that you will accomplish. Minimum one thing. Now, if you want to add two things, two different arenas of your life, I'm fine with that. You want to add three things. Uh, I'm not really crazy about adding four or even the fifth. And no way would I vote or adhere to you having six <laughs> things you want to accomplish. I'm not talking about a to-do list. I'm talking about a finished completion list. What do you want to accomplish? Now, let's pick one thing at least. Right now, listening, 92 days are going to go by. What one thing in your work arena will you accomplish? Now, pick something in your personal arena, just you, your fitness, your wellness. We can throw your golf game into that aspect. What do you want to accomplish? Do you want to win the club championship toward the end of these 92 days? Club championships are usually last week in August, first week in September around Labor Day. What do you want to accomplish? Vacation. Are you really going to have a vacation where you can get into the present tense? You want to have bonding time with your significant other? Bonding time with your kids? to help them bolster their self-esteem. That's valuable time. Pay now. Are you going to pay later? You got to pay now. So that means dad, mom, if you're really taking a vacation, take it. Plan it or don't plan it. Wing it. But do one thing for sure. Be in the zone. Be in the moment. Turn off your business brain during those times. And, and that's why a lot of people play golf during that five hours out on the golf course. Don't be thinking about business. Don't think about any challenges you have. Just get into the round. Get into the moment. Be a player. Don't coach yourself. Uh, don't be a swing instructor. Definitely don't get upset. Seriously? Uh, it's a time to be free of all the other arenas in your life. This could be the greatest quarter of your life. But with all the challenge that Q3 brings because of school being out and vacation time, July 4th weekend, uh, September uh, National Bikini Day, you know, I don't know what that means, <laughs> but there is a National Bikini Day. Uh, of all the things that are going to happen in, um, in this quarter, we can still accomplish some amazing things. Now, at the end of this quarter, Q3 that's coming up, we are going to carve out some time to get ready for Q4, to finish the year as strong as possible. Q4, we're going to carve out a lot of time to prepare for the greatest 2019, the greatest year you've ever had. This is ongoing in your life. Prepare, 
Get in the zone. Make things happen. But enjoy the ride. Enjoy the journey. Hey, Seth, I am holding in my hand, in my hand, a tiny wallet. And it's a Wally wallet. Uh, and I love it. It's a Wally bifold. Uh, this is a product by a company called Distill Union. And they have helped me uh, have less is more. Uh, I have always carried a normal size wallet in my back pocket, stuff full of bills, uh, credit cards. And, and so this Wally Bifold is, it's half the size. I can put it in my front pocket. That'll keep pickpockets away from me. But I, I can also put it in my suit coat and it doesn't bulge out. In my, I'm always wearing sport coats and suit coats. So it's, it's one of their best-selling products. It's one of the best-selling wallets in the world. And you can carry literally the same amount of cards and cash, but it's in a package half as thick as your traditional wallet. Not only is this thing thinner, but it's also easier to get to your cards and organize them because they've got these different pull-tab pockets. And the other thing is most leather wallets, they stretch out over time and they require you, once you've filled it up, you're going to have to keep it stuffed so that it maintains its size. But with a feature called Flex Lock, this wallet, the Wally Bifold, you're able to carry securely as few as one card or up to 12. And then you can go back to two cards without any stretching. I think it's going to help my back as well. There was a show with uh, George Costanza had this giant wallet, a huge wallet in the back. And I think it gave him back challenges and everything. That was on Seinfeld. But the wallet for me is a game changer because less is definitely more. Uh, and I love, thank you very much, but I love my Wally Bifold. So if you would like to have your own Wally Bifold, and they have other products, as well, they have a Wally for your iPhone. They've got a Maglock for your sunglasses, so you never lose them. By being a follower of the Jim Fannin Show, you're going to get a 15% discount on any of the products of Distill Union. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to you getting those savings. Go to distillunion.com. That's D-I-S-T-I-L-U-N-I-O-N.com. And then put in promo code Fannin. F-A-N-N-I-N, and you'll get your 15% off your first order. Again, distillunion.com, promo code Fannin. That's D-I-S-T-I-L-U-N-I-O-N-D-O-T-C-O-M.com. And enter the promo code F-A-N-N-I-N. You'll not only get an amazing product, but you'll get a 15% discount off your first order. You know, and if I can do a quick call back to our last last episode, uh, if you didn't catch that one, Jim coached uh, some live people who listened to Jim Fannin's show and, and called in. As opposed to the dead people that I've coached, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, it was sales, golf, hockey, and entrepreneurship. And for the entrepreneur, you said, you know, basically, can you boil what you're doing down to an elevator pitch? And I think that's a pretty good test for your third quarter, too. Can you boil down what you were trying to accomplish into about 20 seconds that you could tell somebody on an elevator? Uh, and if, if it's more than that, you probably got too many things going on that the gym would say, hey, I'm not signing off on that. Yeah, less is more. 
that mission statement for Q3 of what will be accomplished, I think that's crucial. And within that mission statement, uh, add no more than five goals. Uh, one is perfectly acceptable and probably more re- uh, reasonable in terms of accomplishment. And then um, start, start the quarter, being in the moment, looking people in the eye, laughing, uh, fully engaged in everything that you do, uh, upgrading your hello, upgrading your goodbyes, and, and just being the most awesome human possible. And it's also taking care of you. What can you do in 92 days to be your best self? Physically, mentally, spiritually. Can you think 30, 40% less this quarter and make that a lifestyle? Can you do a score check every single day, just like our Zone Cafe? Can you go to your own personal Zone Cafe and do a score check every day just to check your attitudinal oil, if you will? And if you can accomplish that for your own self, well, that's going to help you manage your family, co-manage your family. It's going to help your relationships, definitely going to help your business. The SCORE system is all about you being the best in every aspect of your life. And, of course, the blueprint, uh, we have, we're talking about a blueprint for Q3. Uh, but it's going to be much easier if you have a blueprint for your overarching life. And the first thing about getting a blueprint is to segregate your life in standalone arenas. Seth, you're now more than ever aware that you're more than uh, a talk show host. You're so much more than that. You know that now. Uh, You're a father. you're going to have a uh, 92 days. Your no. <laughs> life is really about to, my life actually changes in this quarter. It does. I mean, talk about a transition and you, you need to prepare for that. If preparing for that's even possible, but you need to do, uh, you need to prepare your home for that. You know, you got a little kid now and uh, you got to have a kid friendly home and you got to make everything great. Your wife's going through a body transition or being uh, totally overweight, why wouldn't she be? She's carrying a child, 30, 40 pounds, most people will gain. Uh, And then she'll want to make the transition back to the clothes that she put on before, you know, she was pregnant. That's a transition. You're both going to be going through that. And um, it's an exciting time for you, but uh, you're also a brother, you're a son. What? different arenas of your life do you have? Put those on a sheet of paper. Talk about the positives in each of those. And what are the challenges in each of these life arenas? And I I think if we spend no more than 3% of our waking hours, and let's let's put this down into real terms, will you invest no more than 3% of your waking hours. Now, if you sleep eight hours a night, trust me on the math, you're awake 112 uh, hours per week. 112 hours of awake time, conscious awake. Will you invest 
no more than 3% of that. So that's, that's a little more than three hours. Not at once, 90 seconds here, 90 seconds there, getting ready for a, a meeting, getting ready for our show, getting ready uh, to go out to dinner, uh, getting ready to go to the hospital, <laughs> which is going to happen. Um, are you prepared to make that investment? So let me ask everyone listening, will you make that investment to be your genuine, authentic, best self? No more than 3% of your waking hours? When I'm doing seminars, I ask that question to everybody in a seminar. No one, uh, no one uh, says no. Everyone raises their hand, I'll make that investment. That's all I'm asking you to make for you to be your best self. Make that investment. And what do you do in that time? You plan. You, you visualize. And visualization, it just works. And I'll tell you why we're such a depressed country right now. I'll tell you why we have such amazing, horrific opioid crisis going on right now. And when I say amazing, I'm amazed because I would have never thought this 50 years ago that we'd be in this situation where the opioid crisis has hit mainstream. It's impacted all of us. Why are we thinking negative? Why are we acting like victims? Why are we being such judges? Why are we being polarized? Number one, I think we watch the news cycle too much. Unplug from it. Unplug from it. This is, uh, you have a free life. You, you can listen or not listen. Um, news that you get from a neighbor, uh, from a friend, from a family, negative news. It travels 20 times faster than positive news, 20 times faster. And once you start thinking negative and once you start thinking, acting as a victim, once you start thinking and acting, acting as a, a judge, that's not a zone state. I promise a couple of things will happen. You'll have less productivity. You'll make less money. You will not reach all your goals, definitely in the Q3, but in 2018. It's not going to happen. Shed yourself of negativity. Come over on the light side where it's bright with positivity. Laugh more. Sing more. Rejoice more. Even on the small things in your life. And again, it goes back to me driving on the wrong side of the road, foreign country, got stuck in a torrential rainstorm on a roundabout that I didn't even know what a roundabout was, but I got on it. And if you've never been on an English roundabout going around and around, and there's four, five lanes trying to get in, trying to get off uh, to get to some other place in town, it's a chore. And all we did was laugh. And we stayed on that roundabout an inordinate amount of time. <laughs> and I kept missing where we needed to go. And we laughed. And we'd miss it again. And we'd laugh. And we laughed all the way to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon without doing anything that I thought we should be doing, without even practicing. What I realized is 
the athlete I coached, what he had was enough. He just needed to be in a balanced mindset. And what was missing? Enjoyment. So getting him out of his comfort zone, once he laughed about it and relaxed with it, that's when his real potential came to the surface. And how many of us right now are on a roundabout and we think we're like in a foreign country? And there's a torrential downpour of negativity. And we're on this roundabout going round and round, and we can't get off. Right now, make up your mind. Q3, I'm going to own you. I'm going to own you, Q3. And I'm going to laugh my ass off the entire quarter. I'm going to have fun the entire quarter. I'm going to chill out and unplug my brain many, many times in this quarter, but I'm also going to make things happen for my family, for my own uh, mentality, my own physicality. I'm doing this. These goals that I've chosen, they're going to happen. And I see it as if it's so, as it will be. Now, Jim, I'm going to throw one more thing your way. And I'm guessing if somebody were to break into my house and kind of go through my stuff, they would think um, if they read my notebook, they'd be like, this guy's kind of crazy. He's weird. (laughs) Because somewhere around last October, November, as I started to get the score system more in my life, and you talked about habits that you can pick up and take with you anywhere, right? Talk about baseball players that are traded uh, that don't even have anywhere to live, but all of a sudden they're on another pro team. You know, that definitely happens. Uh, In the business world, you can get transferred. Now you're in London for a year, right? I get up every morning and I actually charge my phone in a different room so I don't just start messing with it. I grab a red notebook and a blue pen. And as I eat breakfast, I write down, uh, actually for this quarter, it's four things. I write them down. Then maybe just a couple little notes by each one. And I'm guessing if somebody broke into my house and they're like, this guy just writes the same thing every day. He's crazy. <laughs> you know, June 28th, one, two, three, four. But what that does, you talk about your subconscious pulling you back on track. It program, that- it, you, it program yourself. Yes. And that's what you're doing. You're programming through repetition taking that early morning time for you, you are programming your subconscious to operate 24-7 to make it happen. This is how great things happen. It's how they've happened in our country. This is why we're the greatest country in the world. People have used these tools for hundreds of years to get us to where we are today. Somebody listening right now, one of you is going to create a new internet company. It's going to blow everybody away. It's going to change how we think and how we act and how we interact. Some of us right now listening this minute, you may have a cure for cancer. You may have a cure for whatever disease. There's researchers, there's scientists, there's so many people. Some of us, You're going to figure out the challenge to the opioid crisis. Somebody listening can do that. We have infinite possibility, but it's not all work. It's not. You need to enjoy the process, enjoy the moment, and trust that your subconscious mind, once you program it, it'll work for you tirelessly, relentlessly, behind the scenes, making things happen. 
And that's how we get the aha moment. That aha moment seems like it just came out of the blue. Uh, oh my goodness, aha, I get it. No, that was a culmination of you going over and over something, maybe for years, not just months. And that all culminated to your subconscious, figured it out, delivered it to the surface, like that crazy eight ball that surfaces with that answer. You know, we shake it, boom, there it is. That's the aha moment. Just didn't happen in that second. That's just the tip of the iceberg. And I do want to say, if you haven't had a chance to check out Jim's book yet, or you're fairly new to the whole score success system, Amazon.com, wherever uh, you, know, you, you buy local books at your local bookstore, they should be stocked as well. F-A-N-N-I-N. Search Jim Fannin, The Blueprint. Of course, this is an hour to get you started, and it's an hour to refresh current Zoniacs. But if you haven't written this whole thing down, you got to get a blueprint on paper. Well, let's talk about a blueprint. I, I, I want to talk about who's in the zone right now, Seth. J.D. Martinez has had an explosive first half of the Major League Baseball season, uh, literally tied for the league lead in home runs, uh, leads the league in RBIs and total bases. He's hitting a career-high three twenty-five, uh, batting third for the uh, Boston uh, Red Sox. Uh, he uh, is also has taken over the leadership role that was filled a big void, filled by Big Poppy, David Ortiz retiring, uh, but he's doing it in his own way. But I want to take you back many years ago when he played for Houston. And I'm coaching him. And this guy was uh, not happy. Um, and Houston, by the way, except for the last couple of years, had had some pretty rough years. So he's not playing, I'm guessing, on a, you know, a standout Well, they were losing 100 games, uh, losing 100 games, not, not winning 100 games. Uh, and they relegated him, uh, you know, got rid of him, basically, and uh, sent him back to the minor leagues. And I remember talking to him in the early morning hours, one in the morning, two in the morning, talking about his career. And the one thing about him, he never relinquished his vision of who he was and what he could do. Even though he had so many naysayers, they tried to change his swing. Uh, they tried to reinvent him on their terms. I'm talking about the club uh, that, that he was playing for, the organization he was playing for. And um, he, never, he never went to the dark side of being the victim or being the judge. He kept thinking about being the champion. And, and he's not only doing that, and I'm not remotely surprised. He knows what he wants. He knows where he wants to go. And he has a process. He knows how to do it. So, uh, J.D. Martinez, uh, you're in the zone. I expect to see you in the uh, All-Star game coming up. And as Alex uh, Cora, his manager, who's also been on our show and also a client, uh, said, quote, he's really stepped forward. Not in a raw, raw way, but you can tell that he has become comfortable as the last year has gone on to speak up. Comfortable to speak up to the team. He's constantly helping others, and we need it. That's a quote from Alex Gore, manager of the Boston Red Sox. J.D. Martinez, you're in the zone. And we're going to go maybe a little bit uh, counterculture to the NBA awards that happened this week. And we've got to give a shout-out to Brad Stevens of the Boston uh, Celtics. 
did not win coach of the year at uh, the NBA awards, but I, I just think he had one of the most standout performance coaching performances than anybody I've probably seen in my lifetime. Can you imagine running uh, a department, running a division, uh, running an entire company and your two stars, the people that you would start your company with, he fired everybody in your company. I do this exercise quite a bit. Fire everybody in your company. They're standing across the street. Now I'm going to ask you, if you could hire five people back, who would you hire back? And it, it puts a lot of stress on someone. It goes, wow, well, I definitely would hire this person back. I would hire this person back. Always they could hire one or two. But who would you hire back? Who would you start your new company if you did a hostile takeover on your own company and fired everybody? Who would you hire back? Can you imagine not being able to bring back your top two people? That puts you in a quandary. Well, that's what happened to Brad Stevens. The top two players on his team is out of the mix. They're injured. First game, they suffered a, a pretty serious injury. Uh, and, you know, and then that, in a way, made Kyrie Irving that much better of a leader, that much better of a guard running the offense. And then they lost him. And then the steam didn't completely, like, go away. They just kept cranking. Oh, they could have easily folded. But under the guidance of Brad Stevens, uh, they not only get past the first round, they also pushed the Cleveland Cavaliers to the seventh game. Uh, arguably could have won that. Uh, what a great coaching feat, uh, taking this team uh, deep into the playoffs uh, without his two best players. Uh, so kudos to him. But uh, on the other hand, uh, the uh, recipient did have a great year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Raptors had a great year. Uh, and then also uh, James Harden, uh, we, we do have to congratulate him on you know, being league MVP. That's something that will be debated, no doubt. James Harden, LeBron, LeBron James MVP. But uh, Harden did have a, a consistent, fantastic season. We congratulate him. Yep, uh, pretty amazing. And uh, the NBA uh, just won't go away. They've done a marketing <laughs> uh, amazing job. You know, you finish the year uh, on a high note with high attendance, uh, with TV ratings up. Uh, they go right into the NBA playoffs. They go into the awards. And now that the awards are done, we're going to go into where will LeBron go and free agency. So this is going to be on the table for the next 30 days. And the next thing we know, we're the NBA season's uh, up again. Uh, kudos to the NBA marketing department for keeping the NBA in our minds even uh, when the season's over. And we've got to talk about a, a, an in-the-zone story about concentration unbelievable unbroken concentration forget this 13 hours doing something that's only ever been done one time before uh and that has to do jim with um believe it or not the second double arm transplant uh that's actually ever happened let's put this in perspective so i lose my right arm yeah. i lose my left arm i'm virtually armless which impacts everything, balance. Uh, I don't know. How do you eat? I mean, that's, that's the, somebody's got to feed you. You have no arms. You have a double arm transplant, 13-hour surgery, 
and said it was done under a microscope performed at Brigham and, uh, and Women's Hospital in Boston uh, by a team of surgeons from two different hospitals. Um, and then there was a donor, uh, which remains anonymous. Uh, the family of the donor uh, wished to remain anonymous, the do- anonymous, donated both arms. And let's talk more about this story. It's not only a story of a transplant, but now it goes, how were those arms, new arms used, Seth? Uh, so the, uh, the, the recipient of the uh, double arm transplant was named John Peck, you know, and he threw out a first pitch at a minor league baseball game. Something he probably did not dare to dream of after, uh, you know, after the, the terrible events that cost him uh, you know, his, his two arms. And it's all because somebody stayed in an incredible state of concentration for 13 hours and performed surgery under a microscope to make this happen. Now, this is a tough guy. Uh, he's a Marine veteran. Uh, two years ago, he received a double arm transplant, and he's throwing out the first pitch. We have a quote uh, from John Peck. Throwing the first pitch is kind of cool for me. I've never done that before. <laughs> uh, now he's doing it with a new arm. Uh, 32 years old. Uh, he lost uh, his arms and legs when he stepped on an improvised explosive device in 2010 while serving our country in Afghanistan. Uh, it's cool anytime, he says, I get a chance to tell people uh, my story. It's always a good thing. Uh, not a lot of people know about arm transplants. Uh, he lives in Bethesda, Maryland, and uh, he was also on a waiting list for two years uh, to. Uh, become the second wounded veteran to receive arm transplants, uh, and they're replaced uh, with prosthetic limbs uh, that he had relied upon. So he's now, uh, does not have the prosthetic limbs. He has real arms. That is amazing. And, you know, one of the reasons we share these stories, other than, I mean, just how cool is that, is we, we talk about, you know, staying in positivity. This kind of stuff, I mean, you can't, Jim, you talk about not being able to hold a negative and a positive thought at the same time. Is it possible to hold a negative thought after you hear something like that? <laughs> uh, John Peck, uh, you're in the zone. I, I know that you had many days uh, where your score level, your optimism, even your discipline, for sure your relaxation enjoyment was challenged. I can't even fathom two years of going through this, boy, kudos to you. My hat is off to you. John Peck, you're in the zone. And as long as we're on good news in baseball, if we can go ahead and, and say a huge congratulations, very special pregame ceremony at the, the Detroit Tigers game on Monday night. Uh, the Two other players, shortstop uh, Jose Iglesias and their center fielder Leonis Martin, uh, both were born in Cuba and became American citizens in front of the Tigers fan base, officially, they became citizens on the baseball field before they got uh, at to Comerica, play. Uh, uh, Comerica Park, Comerica Park, and uh, in Detroit. Um, and as Inglésia said, it's a dream come true. Been to this country for the last ten years. My kids were born in this country. I'm extremely happy to be part of the United States. That is a great story, and uh, also congratulations. Uh, to the Detroit Tigers to actually make this happen in front of their fans. What a great story. 
Now uh, on our next piece of good news here, Jim, you've uh, you've coached a heavyweight boxer. I have, uh, and of course you you dove into the day to day training, just like we talked about. You know, ninety days. What's your business goals quarter? If you're a professional athlete, what are you doing in the ninety days before a big event to get ready? Did you ever uh, did you ever get your boxer in the uh, three hundred and sixty pound wheelchair push? Was that ever a cross training event? <laughs> that uh, that is not on my resume. So I do not have that. Well, down in Georgia, a 67-year-old named Belinda Whitaker was actually uh, uh, in a battery-operated wheelchair when the battery died. And, and it's hard for me to wrap my head around. She was stranded outside for 45 minutes. This is Georgia. It's hot. Dehydration starts to kick in. So her wheelchair just conked out. It just conked out. It stopped. And she can't go anywhere. And fortunately, a pro boxer came by. Uh, his, he, he's an amateur right now. His name is Bilal, uh, Bilal Kinte, and he pushed her home. 360-pound wheelchair, uh, pushed and pushed and pushed. Uh, that's not easy for anybody. <laughs> Just because he's a pro athlete doesn't mean that's an easy task, and he got her home safe. And she was stranded there for over 45 minutes. Uh, what an act of kindness. So that reminds me. An act of kindness. You know, I realized that by giving, it may be the most selfish activity, giving, because the recipient that gives, uh, it, it comes back. It's a mental boomerang. In the next quarter, 92 days, what acts of kindness can you consciously put on your calendar? What things could you possibly do to help your neighborhood, to help your community, to help your state? Um, and are you prepared to act with kindness when you're confronted uh, with a person that their battery-operated wheelchair is blown out and uh, they need some help and they've been stranded there? 360-pound electric wheelchair conks out. Uh, pretty amazing act of kindness. And before our last piece of good news here, Jim, I want to ask you, how much just kind of corporate junk have you received in your life? And I, I mean, like, you know, the company means well, but they, they send out stuff to, you know, current clients or prospects. They're like, hey, here's a freebie on us. And it's just kind of like, they spend a bunch of money, but you're like, I'm not actually going to use this. For me, I, you know, I, I do some film and TV writing as a critic. And it's the Emmy season right now, which means I get weird little things like a leather notebook with the name of a movie on it which is kind of like not something I'm going to use in a business situation. <laughs> it's, you know, you look maybe a little silly just using a notebook with the name of a movie on it in, you know, in just the white collar business world. So it's like, well, I appreciate you tried, but this is kind of weird. How cool is it? Uh, what TV star Gina Rodriguez did. Uh, she stars in a, a show called Jane the Virgin, which is up for an Emmy. Uh, it's up for consideration. And that means that the show and the actors actually get money to go promote what they do to try to win themselves an Emmy. That's cool. She decided... And they, and they all do that. Yeah, they all do that. Everybody. This is how Hollywood works. This happens every year. They dump a bunch of money into trying to win Emmys, and sometimes they send out little things that nobody's going to use, and you know, I don't know that the money really did anything. The money definitely did something this time. So she actually took that money, and uh, she's putting a very gifted student uh, into Princeton this year on a scholarship that instead of promoting her show for the Emmys... She's sending a student to college. Just amazing. Now, this is a dream come true for an undocumented 
high school student. Um, pretty amazing. Funding a college scholarship for a girl who will attend Princeton. Uh, Gina Rodriguez, you're in the zone. You ready for a little mailbag, Jim? Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. All right. Ask Jim at jimfannon.com. Ask Jim at jimfannon.com to uh, get your question answered. And, uh, you know, about once a quarter, if you if you want to step out, of course, we are going to do uh, uh, more coaching shows in the future. So you might even be a guest coming up. Hey, Jim, I've got a fifth grader who always has a pretty good second part of a softball game. I don't overcoach her because I listen to the show, but she still seems to be pretty nervous going into the game and it takes her about 45 minutes to really settle down into her groove. How can I help her kill those pregame nerves off? Well, I think we need a pregame routine and and we need to B to A. Uh, So the game begins at six o'clock. I would carve out 10 minutes before the game where your daughter can completely do everything possible to clear her mind. Relax. Get her breathing down to six to eight. Shut her eyes. See a blank screen. So a few minutes before the game begins, she clears the mind, gathers up her energy, so that when the game begins, she can unleash a tsunami of targeted, focused, physical and mental energy uh, in the contest. Now, prior to that, what other routines? So there's batting practice. There's taking some infield grounders. All of those things need to be factored in. And she wants to be in the zone with no future past tense thoughts during batting practice and also during infield practice. The other thing During batty practice, I would have no thoughts but one. I hit solid with an accelerated bat head. Focus on seeing the ball, getting into a secondary zone vision. That's what batting practice should be utilized for. Uh, On defense, give myself more time to give the offensive runners less time to get to the bag. So. As a defender, uh, see the ball off the bat. Now, if somebody's hitting ground balls to you and you're at third base, really see the ball in your hitter's vision off the bat. That's a routine of also getting into the zone. That'll give you more time to get to the ball, catch the ball, and then throw the ball to first to give the offensive runner less time to get there or to turn a double play. Uh, throw the ball to second. So be sure that you're in the moment. And uh, these routines, I would have them almost down to the minute. And you can take those routines and pick them up. Now, they're physical routines. They're technical routines. They're mental routines. And all of these routines, once they're practiced, you can pick them up and move them to different ballparks against different teams different days, different uh, locations geographically. Uh, But these routines, all the Major League Baseball players have them, and it works for softball just as well. And just by hanging around you a lot and doing the show, if if I can just maybe do a guess that, uh, you know, if 
if you don't have a routine, it's so much easier to get pulled into the future of the past and not be in the present, you know, right when that, uh, that first uh, play goes down. And, uh, you know, if you, if you really want to win, you got to be there as soon as the game. And once you hop a ride on these routines, it'll help you not think about your batting average, uh, making the all-star team, uh, whether you're going to be starting or not starting. You need to get inside the game in that 45 minutes, definitely before the game. Will you be nervous? Uh, probably. But as we know uh, on the show, you're not really nervous unless you think you're nervous. What's really happening is your uh, blood vessels and capillaries in your stomach are constricting to purposefully divert the blood in your body from your stomach to the brain for clarity and to the large muscles for inordinate quickness, speed, agility, power, um, and balance. And, and so the butterflies, we love the butterflies. They're so beautiful. So when you have the butterflies, know that it's your body getting ready for a zone performance. What do you do? Ah, you breathe. Get your breathing down. Unhinge your jaw. Turn your brain off. Use the reboot tool quite a bit. I call it the uh, clear the launch. Same tool, but uh, definitely have that part of your routine, especially in the last 45 minutes before the game begins. And of course, we always go out by doing a score check. This is something that, uh, you know, we're going to do with you, but you can come back to and should be coming back to every single day to make sure that you've got high levels of self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. Because once you've got, uh, you know, the next 92 days broken down into your goals and, you know, broken down by week and then by day, of course, there's things that can, that can knock you a little off center and then you get right back at it if you're doing a score check and you don't just get pulled into some mental situation that's going to take away your performance. And, and let's do this zone cafe a little bit differently, Seth. Um, everybody pull up right now in your car, your car of life on that uh, road of life. And you're the driver, hopefully the champion's driving, and uh, you've already let out the victim and the judge, the hitchhikers that always want to hop in and uh, try to drive. But I, I want you to approach uh, the Zone Cafe today uh, of what you need for Q3. So you can order only one thing. You can order uh, this one thing on this time of the zone cafe you can obviously come back in an hour and tomorrow and the next day and every day and order whatever you want but we're cooking up five things that you possess and the first thing is self-discipline self-discipline the willingness the commitment to stay with the tasks that lead to the goals for q3 that's going to take you to a vision of what you've accomplished by September 30th, 2018. If you need self-discipline and you need that blueprint for Q3, well, you stop right now. We got a big heaping plate full of it, and you can take it away and uh, use that as the missing ingredient, the missing link of you having a Q3 zone performance. So if you need self-discipline, drive away with it. I'd put a smile on my face. That's definitely going to help you. But maybe you have a, an overarching goal for Q3. Uh, maybe it's already planned, but you still aren't making things happen. 
So maybe you have too many goals or maybe you don't have the goals prioritized. So what you might need is concentration. And that's daily of those 92 days, focusing mental and physical energy on the tasks, those little units of work that are needed to achieve those goals. It's going to take you to that overarching vision. So if you need to have less to focus your energy on, and if you need to have priority of what to focus on, that's going to help your concentration. And if concentration is going to be the difference maker for you, well, we have a big slab of it right now that you can drive away with it. Uh, Seth's always cooking up a big uh, slab of concentration. But maybe, maybe you've already learned that Q1 and Q2, uh, maybe they've been pretty good for you. But maybe you've been missing some optimism, some confidence, some belief, some expectancy uh, that the execution of these tasks uh, won't lead to the goals or haven't led to the goals that you want. And may, maybe the, the vision that you've even had for Q1 and Q2 aren't there. If you need more optimism, and that's selling you on you, and that's you having belief and expectancy that Q3 will be my best. And I know it. I just don't believe it. I know it. And if you want to get to that sense of knowing, well, then you need to walk away with some optimism. We got a bucket of optimism. It's uh, overfilled back here. I know that's one of our favorite things to uh, bring to the Zone Cafe. We're constantly replenishing uh, our supply of optimism. If you need optimism, take that away for you. But maybe uh, this show made you realize you know, I, I work too much and, and I'm not relaxed. And even on my day off, I'm still thinking about too many things. And even when I play around the golf, I, I keep feeling guilty uh, that I'm indulging in a seemingly selfish activity. So I, I'm struggling to unplug my brain. So if you need relaxation, we've got a cooler of relaxation. And uh, if you need to find that calm, part of the purposeful calm of being in the zone. So if you need the calmness, the peacefulness, freedom from worry and anxiety, and definitely have no fear as you go out into Q3, well, take a, a big jug of relaxation with you that make you go, ah, unhinge your jaw, get your breathing down to six to eight breaths. Can you imagine having an entire quarter, 92 days, where your breathing is under 10 breaths a minute, boy, that's going to free you up and uh, untense all parts of you uh, and get rid of worry, which really shackles us in our performance. But maybe maybe you're just not having fun. Maybe you're not laughing enough. Maybe you don't have enough music in your life. And uh, maybe that enjoyment, uh, that lack of dopamine, which is very pleasurable. And if you need more pleasure, more satisfaction, Action in your life, Seth. We got a happy meal back there, right? We got our happy we meal. <laughs> We've yeah, got it for you. Yeah, and every time I mention it, Seth starts smiling and laughing. It makes me smile and laugh. <laughs> so if you need a, a little pep in your step, you need some laughter. Uh, maybe it's not Wimbledon that you need to start laughing about. Maybe maybe you're listening to this and you're a performer at Wimbledon. Maybe that's what you need some enjoyment. So if you need some enjoyment, we got the Happy Meal right now. You know, these five elements make up your overarching attitude. 
What is attitude? Well, it's your combined levels of self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment. And, and that domino-like chain, that interaction chain, you're responsible for all repairs. All we're doing at the Zone Cafe is making you aware. And we're all awake, Seth. We're just not all aware. But can you imagine living a life when you're aware? Wow, I'm, I'm really stressed out. I'm aware of it. Wow, I need to narrow my focus and only focus on one thing. I'm now aware of that. Wow, I need to put my chin up and turn on the light switch, uh, one of the 90-second tools of the score system. I, I need to start changing my posture. I need to upgrade my hello to give more optimism. Once you're aware of the weakest link in score, it'll fix it 90% of the time. So the Zone Cafe, we end every show like that, Seth. It's for self-awareness. And, you know, I actually have got to order, just because of what we talked about on the show here, I knew we were talking about your greatest third quarter ever. And even I, you know, came in with one idea, and I've, I've kind of adjusted a few things just over the last hour. So I'm definitely, on my score check, going to go ahead and order up some concentration here. Uh, for the next 92 days. What are you ordering? Well, I've got a major project uh, in Q3. I'm going to add more discipline, Uh, not just discipline in starting, but I want to maintain that discipline level the entire 92 days. So that's my challenge. And that means that on those relaxation and enjoyment days, I'm still going to be disciplined And I'm going to be a bum on those days that I take a day off. I may not shave. I may have a beer uh, or a glass of wine. Uh, So I'm going to stay disciplined, but that also includes discipline. And when I'm on vacation, I'm on vacation. And uh, 92 days of discipline of what I want to accomplish. But it's 92 days of discipline of uh, chipping away at what I want to accomplish uh, when Q3 uh, concludes. So there it is. 92 days. It's yours to go get it. We'll be back here with you every week as you continue to build out your blueprint and uh, grow your skills in the score system as you go after those well-defined goals. Just a few of them for the next 92 days. And I'm going to be watching Wimbledon as it uh, kicks off in a few days. Uh, I'm excited. I, I get excited every year. I've been to 20-some Wimbledons. Uh, my good friend, uh, one of my best friends and a former client that I coached, Peter Fleming, he's in London. He lives in London. Um, he's got a dual citizenship, uh, American and British. Uh, kids are British. And uh, he'll be uh, commentating at Wimbledon. Uh, so I'm uh, excited about talking to him about who's going to win, who's in the zone, who's not in the zone. We're going to try to get uh, Peter on. He's got a busy schedule. Uh, but as Wimbledon is played, it's going gonna, it's gonna to conjure up a lot of memories. And, Seth, this time last year, I was on that roundabout in torrential rain laughing like a hyena <laughs> on how can I win Wimbledon without practicing? Uh, and I laughed my way through it. Everybody, find the zone in your life. It is a purposeful calm where you'll have a feeling that nothing can go wrong. It only takes. of your waking hours to be able to put the zone on like an overcoat. And if you use this formula, 
I assure you, you're going to have a genuine, authentic self. That's who you're going to be. As you keep your life simple, you keep it balanced, and I'm certain you'll have abundance. Be in the zone, everybody. It's the only place to be. It is summer and tennis is in full swing. USTA summer leagues are in full swing. So if you're a tennis player or if you're a parent and uh, you have a tennis player living in your house, your kids, I've got a product that has really stood a test of time. It's Tennis in the Zone. This is a two-hour audio program. You can download it right now. And the only place to get it is at Fannin. Dot com J-I-M-F-A-N-N-I-N.com. Go to the store, go to the product section, download Tenants in the Zone. We're also going to send you a hard copy CD that you can put into your car on those long trips to the tennis tournaments. I did that circuit with my uh, daughter uh, when she was younger. We went all over the country. I was her living Tennis in the Zone. But tennis is such a great sport, so in honor of Wimbledon coming up in the tennis season, if you're a tennis player or you're the mom or dad of a tennis player, get tennis in the zone. It's going to give you an edge to be the best tennis player that you can be. Tennis in the zone at jimfannon.com. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Going back into his high school days, in Alabama, Jameis Winston had a lot of issues. As a juvenile, there's some things that were protected, some things um, he was protected from because he was a star athlete. Um, in the investigative work, there were some schools that decided not to recruit him because of character, off the field, attitude, a lot of issues. Some dealing with young girls, and just overall attitude. There were some on-field instances. Um, I know that, for example, um, Nick Saban decided to not recruit him. He had some concerns about his attitude. Uh, There were a couple of incidents that took place on the football field with coaches. And so he was an attitude problem, and Based upon that and a number of background issues, Nick Saban decided not to recruit him. He did not think he was a good character kid worth taking. Chris Landry brings you Landry football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com.